Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. If you'll be my bodyguard, I can be your long lost pal. I can call you Betty. And Betty, when you call me, you can call me Al. You can call me Al. Walk down the street. It became country very quickly. My bad. It became. It became. Yeah, I was listening to that on the way over today, and that's where that's from. I dig it. We are doing the second episode of schizophrenia-related disorders today, but and that's not related to anything. No, I uh, just I a, just wanted a to fun sing it. song. Yeah, sure. I like Paul Simon. Yeah, played it at my wedding. I was interested in it. Nice. Yeah, I like it's like it's very happy. There's a whole you played that song specifically at your wedding. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I just liked it. Cool. Was, my- like, was it for a certain uh, event or thing, or was it just like a? Nah, man, just island vibes. Okay. I was just I was cool. just trying to create island vibes. I dig it. I dig it. I I can get behind that. It's got that. A kind of like a kettlebell feel to it. And I got married on I got married on the beach, so it's you know, that's what I was doing with my life. I like it. And it's happy and dancey. I also really liked there's a line that says, Why am I so alone here? It talks about I have all these things basically, but I'm disenfranchised and distanced away from people. And so it's like this really happy song with these really strange lyrics of wait why do i feel so alone here and what's going on yeah yeah i just i always like the double meaning stuff so here i was dancing and just like hmm, having some reflective periods also (laughs) i like that yeah yeah welcome back everybody this is shit your shrink thinks it's a show where two shrinks tell you what we think about mental health yep we go through different coping skills with you we introduce new information and share about ourselves yeah and that's probably the best part i think so i think it's fun i don't know yeah yeah, exactly so speaking of that uh what is good with you this week my what's good is a new viral uh thing going around a finger dinger as a midwesterner it is warm to my heart because it is about corn yeah Oh, yeah. It's in our blood. It is. It's corn. A big lump of knobs. It has juice. It has juice. I can't imagine a more beautiful thing. It's corn. I can tell you all about it. I mean, look at this thing. I tried it with butter and everything changed. (laughs) Basically, this kid is doing like an interview and they made it into a song and it's really catchy and it's been in my head a lot and yeah. i'm just walking around it's corn it's corn <laughs> a big lump of knobs <laughs> uh, uh, stupendous it's it's quite glorious stupendous were you also the person didn't you do like corn shucking or something i detasseled Deta- yes okay. <laughs> my city ass was like no hey, yeah well for thing? some people that's so that is when you work for a seed corn company so the people who sell you corn seeds 
and you go in and you remove the top part of a, a tassel, the part of a corn, so that's a female. So then the male corn can pollinate the female corn. So you have to walk through or get drove through and you pull the top parts. That's what detasseling is for people who don't know. I had no idea. Wait, so it's like unstoppering a male corn's penis? Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Because the, So the top part that's tasseled out that you see wow. often, so we pull it before it's all tasseled out. It's all kind of a ro- tight little wrapped ball of uh, leaves, and you pull the top part, and it just pops right out, and then that makes it the female plant, so then it can pollinate correctly so you can have the right kind of seed corn. So then they only actually harvest the seed corn from the female plants, not the male plants. The male plants are only there to pollinate the female. And it's like, normally it's like one to four is kind of an average, like one male to four and then a male row and then a four female row. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me and my seed core knowledge. Whoa. <laughs> See, I am, my mouth is agape. I, I had no idea about any of this information. Right. And corn. for most people with they have their own gardens, they don't do that. I mean, you the only people who detassel corn are seed corn companies. If you're going to eat your corn, you're just going to let your corn tassel out and you'll harvest all the corn. I, <laughs> like, I literally feel I feel like I am in the office listening to Dwight talk about beets right now. I have no <laughs> Just, those are your money beats. <laughs> Put those beats up front. <laughs> Jesus, sweet mother of God. What just happened to my ears? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, listeners, now you know. Now you know. The more you learn know. some things about corn. The corn. <laughs> what a big lump of knobs. Big lump of knobs. <laughs> yes. Wow. That could be my... Listening to Michaela do that. Oh, my God. My, what's good this week. <laughs> Not really. Actually, my what's good this week is somewhat related. Oh. So I brought up The Office. We got an Instagram message this week, which was just stupendous. And we are going Ooh. to use this idea. We do, It may not be urgently that we will get to this idea. Right. The Instagrammer who sent me this know that I heard you and I'm going to- And it's going to happen eventually. Yes. Okay. What is it? So Tell the, me about it. The idea was that we should do a breakdown of- the therapy that Toby Flenderson gives Michael Scott. Oh, I love this idea. Yes, yes, oh, my God. Yes. And so I wanted to, I don't know that we could do an entire episode on that therapy session, although we could point out some things that are going well and some things that are not, not going right, well. Right, 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 right. However, I thought it could be really funny to do an, a mental health office episode specifically just kind of like doing the diagnoses of different people and oh right okay okay so we could either do the diagnoses of different people and or we could do the therapy sessions of different people yeah and or we could do michael scott's leadership style and why it weirdly works like <laughs> based on psychological principles Ooh, that sounds fun so yeah. like a really office focused one yeah yeah cool. i thought that would be funny that would be really funny i, thought. I like that yeah. i also thought with that tangentially that you could do it where we break down that therapy like you said say what's going right what's going wrong and then Mm -hmm. have other various show therapies yeah like be like this is good this is not so good this is good this is not good (laughs) yeah i feel like we could take you know popular series and just do like a once in a while kind of light episode on a show and we talk about the mental health representations in that show i like that but i i really dig making it actually show specific like you had it where that you know so if somebody has an idea with a show that does have various therapy moments in it yeah 
or or just mental health related related moments. in general yeah. yeah i thought that could Give be us, really cool i love that yeah that's awesome so that's my what's good you is... know me any reason to rewatch the office <laughs> <laughs> and we will then send this episode to the office ladies and we will become famous no oh, that'd be great <laughs> oh my it. god that's to it. meet those ladies oh, that'd be cool i would die and they have I their would, own podcast i know yeah i i actually i do enjoy it i know i know so that's my what's good this week. I love it. And we did, as as you may remember, we did not do practice because we were recording two in yeah. today. So, we but cheated I a little. did do something. I mean, I did do mental health related things this week. So I can share. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. So one of the things that I did do to try to do self-care was I went to drag bingo. Wow. Okay. Please tell me more. It was radical. First of all, this sounds badass. Six dollar daiquiris. Let's start there. <gasps> Tremendous. <gasps> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were now. I don't know if they're the daiquiris you like. They're like the actual cocktail daiquiris, the ones that are in that are served up in a little, mm, like a tiny glass. They're oh, not like they're the not frozen. like the frozen ones. Oh, bummer. <laughs> I love the frozen ones. I could get down with that for days. I knew. I knew. I knew that. <laughs> I knew that to be true without asking you that You're like, yeah, this bitch likes daiquiris. I can see it all over her face. <laughs> this this is a bee who likes daiquiris for sure. Yeah, so they were, they were like these little $6 ones that were just delicious. They were like kind of the ones, they have lime, those ones. Mm, they're okay. delicious. They're kind of like a margarita but with rum. Okay, that okay. That sort of vibe. Got it, got it. And then this is when somebody who is dressed in drag reads bingo – like reads you play bingo they okay. read you the bingo numbers and they are making all sorts of inappropriate funny jokes the entire time fun yeah. so were there like multiple people then that were like that would come in and read the different bingo things or were there just like this time it was one but sometimes there is multiple and interesting the woman's name was or the person who was a drag queen's name was Etta Mommy E T T Etta Mommy A M O M M Y they they're outfit was just stupendous and it was a great time so that's i love that that was my that was my uh little i tried something mental health related and yeah it really did it it elevated my mood i liked having the jokes we were so close to winning bigo so close oh man i hate when you're that close yeah we were literally i could taste it we had one we had one and we were about to win a brunch that was a drag based brunch what yeah but Uh, we we didn't it was yeah so that was my practice of trying to do self-care i love that i actually did a little bit of self-care too yeah i i got my hair done for the first time in a year Ooh, girl Oh, girl, Mm -hmm. you know, you always feel good after getting like a cut in color. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. those ends were ragged. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that if you run it comb through your hair, where the comb gets stuck is where ends are. Are breaking. Yeah. I didn't know that. Interesting. Fun facts. Yeah. I, I would love to know more about hair things, but I, yeah, I don't know. I can sort of, I actually decent at styling my hair. Like I can. I can do some shit with it, but it doesn't mean I actually know anything about anything. Yeah. (laughs) I can do do one thing one time. That's what you get out of me. Yeah. So those are kind of, we tried. It's not homework, but it's something. Yeah. We're taking care of ourselves. That's that's homework always, right? Yes. (laughs) So what are we talking about today? So we are continuing our discussion on schizophrenia spectrum disorders and other psychotic disorders from the DSM-5. Yes. And we are going to be breaking down kind of the different diagnoses. Mm-hmm. So the first one that comes up in within the diagnosis breakdown is delusional disorder. Yes. 
So this is the presence of one or more delusions, which again is a belief that we we can disprove and we can say that this is not happening like I am Jesus or the TV is talking to me, etc. Right. Usually we can say it's not happening and it's a duration of one month or longer. And the criteria for schizophrenia has never been met. Apart from the impact of the delusions or its ramifications, like the person's functioning is not necessarily markedly impaired. Like the behavior doesn't necessarily have to be odd or obvious or bizarre. Like somebody can be a fully functioning, perfectly capable human and have this diagnosis. Yeah. If they are holding, again, just one delusional belief that is like, no, we can actively say that this is not going on, but they are... they are certain to their soul it is. I actually, I will remind me to describe a client that I had where this was true. No other symptoms, just a single delusion that they held very deeply. And that was a little bit impacting their social and occupational. How about you go with it now? Yeah, tell me about it. Well, so I had a client once upon a time, I'll change it just a little so it's de-identified, who believed, let's say that Bigfoot lived in their backyard badass like i would that deeply certain cool cool deeply certain that bigfoot lived in their backyard and that bigfoot actually kind of like traveled with them would like follow them when they went on vacation what okay okay that makes it a little less plausible in my mind yeah exactly (laughs) if you lived out in the wilderness and you're like you're in my backyard i'm like well maybe yeah that was exactly (laughs) that was exactly where it fell apart for me it was like well yeah you know okay maybe i can see there's some there's some cryptid lore out there that sure. suggests that Bigfoot could be real. Okay, maybe I'm willing. And then where it where it, where it broke down was, like, was he comes with me on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, okay. That's the, that's the part where you lost me. I'm open though. And so this person was saying that Bigfoot, you know, if they flew to California, then Bigfoot would find them in California mm. and be outside their hotel room in California or Bigfoot would uh, basically come on their voting vacation or show up in Europe or wherever. Interesting. Yeah. So Bigfoot was always a part of their lives, always around them. But this person was totally normal. Yeah. Other than that belief, they functioned fully well. They went to work. Yep. They did their shit. Super high-powered executive. Nice. Had a a stupendous job, great family, lovely wife and kids, actually met them. Everything was great except for this Bigfoot delusion. Yeah. it was funny because the the reason why it had become kind of a problem or a disorder was it was like this person would kind of start to share about their beliefs about mm, Bigfoot following And then people would be around. like, say what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it would becoming a problem in workplaces and things like that because mm-hmm. this person was saying these beliefs to people who didn't, who weren't really receptive. Yeah. And so it was kind of, kind of weirding some people out. And we basically had just decided, okay, let's figure out as a unit how to decide if somebody's receptive to your information yeah, about Bigfoot. who we share with and who we don't share with. Yeah. Sure, and, sure. And how do we suss out somebody who might want to hear about Bigfoot and versus somebody who doesn't want to hear about Bigfoot? And then also the risks and benefits of disclosing about Bigfoot. Yeah. So even if you think somebody really does want to hear about Bigfoot, what are the possible downsides if they hear your story and they don't believe you is it a big deal or is it just somebody in the coffee shop line it doesn't really matter sure sure right or is it like you're a boss right right so just deciding who's receptive to bigfoot and how much of a risk is it if you tell this person about bigfoot yeah i think that's a excellent example yeah it was it was actually a really fun client really liked the guy and you know can't prove that bigfoot isn't in there so we just work around it right and i think that's a really good example like you said i mean as therapists, 
if you're trying to help somebody with their delusion, try like actively telling them like that they're false is not the way to go. Like that's no. you're not it's not going to make them progress. Yeah. Once in a while you could have somebody experiment and see. Yeah, you can do different experiments and and you can kind of like you said challenge like, "Well, what's the benefit or like how, you know, <laughs> when you do this, what actually happens?" Right. Um, right. But but a I, lot of times they're not uh, even if you come up with contradictory evidence, it right. really doesn't change the delusion that much. That's right. why it's a delusion. So it's not yeah. super it's worth not, it. Again, the majority of your therapy should not be spent in challenging that. Yeah. So it's these delusions aren't just in a manic or a depressive episode for it to be a delusional disorder. Like it is it is its own It's its own thing. thing. Right. It's not that you're having a, a manic or a hypomanic episode. It's not that you're having a deep depressive episode and then experiencing some kind of delusion. You're just always having this delusion. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking of uh, a friend of mine. I I don't think this person even is aware that I have a podcast. This person isn't even aware that cell phones are a good thing to have. So I don't. <laughs> nice. All right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're real, real off grid. They're real off grid. Uh, this person once upon a time had done a lot of drugs and did not realize that these drugs would be like recreational drugs would be like longer lasting Ooh. and had a week or two where they believed that they were actually a lizard. Nice. And that was really problematic. Like if I, <laughs> if I, comma, this lizard person, comma, am to go to work, then people will find out that I'm a lizard. That I'm a lizard. A problem. So oh, that man. was a delusion, but it was a substance-induced delusion, right? Right. So that's an example of something that it went away after the substances had cleared the person's system. Right. Which then means they do not have this diagnosis. Right. Yes. So that's an example of delusion that isn't a delusional disorder. Being a lizard. Yep. Yeah, so again, these delusions, they're unshakable beliefs, and it's normally something that isn't true or based in reality, but again, it does not mean they're completely unrealistic, and again, they are not, come. the delusion is not coming from a substance, it is not coming from some other psychiatric episode. (laughs) Just, I'm thinking more about this story, Lizard, oh my god, I'm just, I'm really imagining with a tongue, like... Like, I'm pretty sure that this person had a speaking engagement within the next couple days. Oh, God. And was literally like, how am I going to do this being a lizard and all? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> they could, like, not see their way through getting done with the speaking engagement. They're like, everybody's going to know I'm a lizard person. Oh, no. I'm cold-blooded. That surely will not benefit me when I'm in this winter land. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so... This is just an example. We see some wild things as mental health professionals, y'all. So the next type of condition is called a brief psychotic disorder. So that is the presence of one or more of the following symptoms. And at least one of these must be kind of the the top three that I'm going to read here. So either delusions, hallucinations, that disorganized speech... Or the fourth one is the grossly disorganized or catatonic behavior. So the, the... physiological representations right so the episode has to last at least one day but it's less than one month and then you fully return to your pre-morbid level right. of functioning so it is buck wild like, it's very buck wild i've actually seen this before when oh. i was in the psychiatric unit like this person was a fully functioning person mm-hmm. they had like fucking three jobs wow like honestly i think it was stress that ended up causing yeah. them to have this yeah. psychotic break oh, yeah. And they all, like, they were, they were gone. I mean, wow. they. Tell they, me more. 
they had the disorganized speech, like they couldn't like track. They kind of had a little bit of the cata- catatonia where they were just kind of not really responsive. not really responsive. Yeah, they were kind of delusional, like they didn't know really who they were, where they were, and like had like weird beliefs about what was happening like why why they were there was right odd. right was yeah like, well, I, I got put in here because somebody's out to get me that sort of yeah thing. yeah 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 and uh their family was obviously very distressed by this because this was a very fully functioning person yeah. and all of a sudden they were just not functional at all yeah and luckily you know with some medications and some treatment we were able to get them back to their fully functioning state within a few weeks yeah and then sometimes people will even go off their medications after this and they're fine. Like it's right. not Yeah. Not a Yeah, we just we don't it have was kind of like a kickstarter with the meds, I uh-huh. think was kind of for this kind of diagnosis. It's like let's yeah. kind of snap you out of it. Mm-hmm. Use these meds to kind of help you snap out of it and then you can coast yeah. off them. Oh yeah, I think this is what people would represent in the media as like a mental breakdown right right? that this is when you see in the media as like oh somebody had a mental breakdown this is we don't see this very often no a brief psychotic disorder is very unusual but it does happen it does it's particularly unusual when it's not related to like a medical thing right yeah yes 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 i agree you know usually there's like some neurological insult that occurs but sometimes you just have a brief psychotic disorder yep and again the the kind this kind of disorder is very just sudden onset Mm -hmm. so they're going to change from that normal state to somebody who is clearly in a psychotic state Mm -hmm. uh, within two weeks right and without any warning signs like they're good to go and then they're not right right. (laughs) switch has flipped yeah yeah so that's a that's a very interesting one. So it's not better explained by something like depression or, you know, another psychotic disorder like schizophrenia. It's not related to drug abuse or medication or another medical condition. Like we said, right. not like a tumor or, you know, having a head injury or anything right. like that. It's which normally if somebody comes in with that, they're gonna they're gonna try to rule out those medical things fr- first. Yeah. That's always what yeah. you wanna start with because that's most likely what's happening. Yeah. The first thing you're doing is like brain rule scans. Out. Yeah, yeah. You're like what blood tests. Yeah. And- yeah. Yeah, checking to see if somebody has right. An you don't just straight up check them into the psychiatric <laughs> unit. You let's go do some medical examinations yeah. and make sure we know what's happening here. Yeah, and then when you rule all that out, you're like, well, okay, right. here we are. Here we are. Yep. So the next thing is the most common, probably, or the most uh, popular. Known. Yeah, known exactly, which is schizophrenia. So that is having two or more of the following, each present for a significant portion of time during a one month period. Uh, or less if successfully treated. So delusions, which we've talked about, hallucinations, disorganized speech, so you're really kind of derailed or incoherent. You have some disorganized or catatonic behavior, like your movements aren't tracking, they don't look right, they're right. either really rigid or they're kind of like uh, shuffling, etc. Right. Or you might also have negative symptoms. So flat affect, just meaning your face is just blunt. There's yeah. not a lot of emotions, etc. You don't want to do a lot. You don't have a lot of motivation. Right. You might also have some social and occupational dysfunction. So tell us a little bit about that. So for a significant portion of the time since the onset of these symptoms, one or more areas of your life, like work or your interpersonal relationships or even your self-care, is really below the level uh, that you were achieving prior to the onset. Mm -hmm. So if you, let's say you're functioning fairly well, and then all of a sudden you start to have some hallucinations, you're having some delusions, you're having some of the negative symptoms, uh, symptoms, feeling kind of disengaged and unhappy and right and now because of that you're not 
you're not able to perform at work. You're not able, you know, you're distracted. You're. Yeah. And, and usually this happens not, there will be a pre and a post. Right. This. So there's a prodermal phase, which is, you might have a little bit of this, but generally you don't have most of these symptoms. Right. And then usually we see this in mid-20s to late-20s, early-30s. I want to say mid-20s is men and late-20s, early-30s is women. You will have what's called a, a psychotic break or right. a, a break of some kind where now these symptoms are present. And it's the diathesis stress model, which is essentially you have a loaded gun you have the genetic loading for this, and then the stress of whatever is going on in your environment brings it out. Right. And pulls the trigger, essentially. Right. And that's when we see it happen. I've actually seen this happen with somebody who I knew prior to it and then after it, and it was almost night and day. It was wow. a very, very mm-hmm. alarming experience. Uh, I think this person is quite well now, but I remember... This person was very, uh, what I will say is this person was very, very highly functioning, definitely smarter than me, 100% smarter than me in a similar, let's say, field of study. And uh, I knew this person pretty well and no real concerning beliefs. And after a very stressful bout in school, uh, I started to have some beliefs that people were out to get them, Mm. started to have some beliefs that they were trying to be kicked out of the different clubs and things that they were in and then eventually it went so far as to say like you know that this person down the hall that they know has nukes stored in their home oh shoot and you know seeing things that weren't there like the full blown and actually had to leave the type of schooling that they were doing at the time because it had gotten so that severe. bad yeah oh, man. and it was it was really night and day so it was a, a really wild experience to witness now person's doing well after that but it's i think it's a quite jarring for mm-hmm. people who experience it and again that like mid late 20s is such a period of time where you're trying to get your life together too right. that god you know for something like that to happen yeah, yeah. but that's generally when this does represent pr- start to when the symptoms start to manifest is generally 20s to 30s range absolutely um and the duration really again like we said it the actual symptom period has to be at least a full month Mm -hmm. but generally the disturbance is like six months so it's a six months period Mm -hmm. with at least one month of full symptoms yes yeah so it's it's much longer than the other ones and then it right kind of comes and goes throughout lifetime often yeah right it's a it's a sometimes it can go dormant and then sometimes it's a little more active usually related to stress and yes, what's going on in the environment and of course whether you know the meds are effective or not or whether you're doing some sort of sort of therapy that right if you're continuing to tr- treat yourself and engage in the skills you need to engage in or if you yeah. kind of fall off the wagon yeah. And I hear people tell me very different things about the meds. Some people are like, this saved my life. This was great. Right. This was brilliant. Thank God. And other people say it really slowed it me down. Me. Yeah. yeah. It, just, it made like, things worse. Yeah. Like I couldn't think. I felt like I was in sludge, et yeah, cetera. Yeah, zombie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's just very different per – this is kind of more that case for what I referenced last time of like these are all just kind of separate symptoms on different genes and not like one – significant condition that we call something that is schizophrenia but again the dsm is doing its best (laughs) right yeah and again so with this you're going to be ruling out schizoaffective disorder those depressive disorders any bipolar disorders with psychotic features substance abuse medical issues medical issues yeah even some kind of you know history of autism or other 
developmental disorders, you know, check through all those things and make sure that this is this is not it yeah yeah and and keep in mind too like a lot of times there is a cultural difference in who is diagnosed with schizophrenia a lot so yeah yeah. so you know what i'm about to say yeah yeah Yeah. so very often african-american men are uh diagnosed with schizophrenia when they don't have schizophrenia in our culture uh and that is just plain racism my dudes i don't know another way around that it's just like we we have the phenomenon where this happens people are just assuming that folks who are persons of color have a higher level of mental health symptoms than they actually do right uh which can be a problem and then they under treat them or over treat them yeah which is super yeah not yeah cool. either they're gonna zombify them or they're gonna be like kick them to the curb yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like wow that's just <laughs> thanks man that's great super duper not yeah. good and right this is just what we see in the research so keep that in mind too as we think about this condition right What's the, the next one? The next one is schizophreniform disorder. Oh my gosh, I've totally forgotten what this is. So this is basically the exact same thing as schizophrenia, okay. but it's differentiated by the duration. Ah, okay. So this is where the episode basically only lasts a month. So mm-hmm. you're not going to have this six-month period of in-and-out symptomology. Mm-hmm. You're only having you know a month max, and then you're back to kind of normal. Really? Okay. Gotcha. Interesting. I don't know if I've ever seen that in practice. I think because people just straight up just diagnose schizophrenia. So really what you should do is give somebody schizophrenophone disorder provisionally Uh and and then then see how it it progresses and plays out and then give them schizophrenia. Hmm. But I think people just, you know, I mean, because it is the exact same symptomology. Huh. (laughs) Fancy. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. My, I would say my... My bread and butter is not this sort of conditions. I think you right. probably have more experience with this. Would be my guess. Just I've, based on I've your seen history. a fair amount of some of this stuff. Yeah. But I again, it's not my bread and butter necessarily either. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's kind of a rare diagnosis. Like it shouldn't be. This is a big label to put on somebody. Mm-hmm. Like I agree you, with that. you should really kind of play it slow. Again, thanks insurance companies for saying that we have to give a diagnosis the first time you meet somebody. But <laughs> right, right. But yeah. really, if you can, you know, play the long game and actually try to wait it out and see what's really going on. Because yes, absolutely, it could be a brief psychotic break. It could be, you know, schizophrenophone. Like, don't just be throwing out schizophrenia on people. That's like, right. That, that that's a heavy label for somebody to carry yes absolutely you need to check everything else the next one is schizoaffective disorder so this is an uninterrupted period of illness where there are either a major depressive episode a manic episode something like that um and it also means that there are symptoms that meet criteria in a for schizophrenia so both of these things are going on at the same time so essentially it's just a mood disorder like mixed with schizophrenia. schizophrenia and generally though the way that you differentiate the somebody who has bipolar disorder with psychotic symptoms mm-hmm. is like somebody can be experiencing the delusions or hallucinations for for a few weeks in absence of the mood episode right right so right. you can still be having some of these positive symptoms right without the moods but yes. if you have some of these mood episodes as well then you're schizoaffective. Right. Whereas if you have just the mood episodes and then occasionally it levels up to a point where you have a couple of delusions or hallucinations, then you're going to be bipolar disorder right. with psychotic symptoms. Or major depressive disorder with psychotic right. symptoms. Right. Yeah, exactly. We also have, and we kind of touched on this one before, but this one is called schizotypal personality disorder. So we talked about this one in our personality disorders episode. Right. 
And it's actually, I mean, within the DSM, it is categorized under the personality disorders. They just kind of note it in this section because it does have the psychotic features. Right, right, right. Or like kind of more the delusional stuff. Yes. Like I'm gonna, isn't this the one where they dress like a very interesting way? Yeah, they have bizarre dressings. They have just bizarre, a lot of times they do have the somatic beliefs. Yeah. Um, You know, that one guy. Yeah, he had the ramen packets if you do. (laughs) Oh yeah, remind me of that one. Yeah, so one of the guys I treated, he believed that certain ramen packets gave him special powers like oh right on, so he right would sh- on, right on. save certain like the shrimp ones gave him like some certain superpower and the chicken do you remember ones what they him, were i don't remember exactly what it was but he also believed that if he stepped on a crack he was literally going to break his mother's back okay so um, yeah some odd beliefs basically yeah. some del- delusional <laughs> beliefs some weird style of dress maybe some like strange interest areas yes just kind of like really off kilter very much like witch who wi- lives in the woods kind of vibes right right this, this guy's given us yeah skits a tipple yeah i think last time you kind of created it to like willy wonka or to uh i did (laughs) jack sparrow a bit (laughs) dress and walk yeah (laughs) yeah it's because it's a fun people to be around fun people to be around so then we also have catatonia just straight up catatonia what's that so again this can occur in several disorders including neurodevelopmental disorders psychotic disorders bipolar depressive or other medical conditions but it's defined by the presence of at least three or more of these 12 psychomotor features. So motor features are just like 12 movement types. Right. Move, see- movement behaviors that yes. you can observe. Yeah. So you can see three out of 12 of these. So you might have the stupor. So that's kind of the no be- like physical movement, no interaction with the environment. Mm-hmm. Oh, catalepsy. I haven't thought about this one in a while. So you're... <laughs> this reminds me of uh, the IT crowd, but you're adopting unusual postures. This is for those who've watched the IT crowd. It's basically think of the point in time where the woman tells the three IT geeks to act normal for her dinner party and they all strike these three poses. These crazy that are, poses. That are very yeah. bizarre. And then she's like, no, like more normal. normal. And then they strike even stranger poses. So, catalepsy? Catalepsy. Catalepsy. Yeah, yes. I think that's how. Yes. Don't ask me how to pronounce shit. <laughs> okay, what's the next one? The next one is waxy flexibility. Okay. So this is if an examiner like places a person's arm in a position, they will maintain that position until it's moved again. So they're like little wax figures kind of. Like, like a mannequin. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've also got mutism, which is just very limited verbal responses. Negativism. Mm-hmm which is little or no response to instructions or external stimuli. Posturing. So you're holding a posture against gravity. I wonder if that would be like planking. (laughs) (laughs) It could be. (laughs) Just straight up planking. (laughs) Right. Basically, if it looks really uncomfortable and it doesn't look like a natural, comfortable way to position themselves. You know what? That would be really creepy, though. Can you think about that? Imagine the horror movies where you see like the people climbing out all weird. It's Mm. kind of that kind of a thing. No, no. (laughs) It's that. Pass. I don't like that. Okay. Mannerism. Carrying out odd, exaggerated actions stereotypy which is repetitive movements without an apparent reason mm-hmm. agitation so just like a kind of like a twitchiness essentially right yeah for no known reason grimacing so that's just kind of like a really angry cranky looking face that again no real reason they're Pulling just kind of facial yeah. expressions yep uh 
echolalia, which is mimicking another person's speech, so just copying, parroting back. And echopraxia, mimicking somebody's movements. Right. So they, so you maybe do a hand gesture and then they do it right back. Mm-hmm. And again, these things are often more a medical condition, honestly. Right. Like very, very, very unusually do yes. we see this. They're going to be ruling out the medical first and foremost, which I mean, technically with every mental health diagnosis, you want to be ruling out medical first and foremost, but especially for this, for catatonic behavior and for schizophrenia type behaviors. We want to rule out medical shit. Yeah, that's the main stuff. Because it's, I mean, can you imagine the reason why we do that is, let's say you have something really serious going on that you need treated, like an infection. Let's say you're an older adult and you're Yeah, this can happen a lot with the urinary tract infections Mm -hmm. with older adults. Right. And And it's just a symptom of something that's really common and very easily treated. Yep. And it's often, it's just delirium. Yeah. But you will see and hear things that aren't there. You might have those waxy movements. I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen that before where people are kind of rigid. They're having a hard time walking. Yeah. They might echo back certain things. They might see or hear things that aren't real, get aggressive, yeah. get agitated. And that's just delirium because of an infection. Right. And can you imagine if we didn't rule out a medical condition and we didn't treat the infection, it would just get worse and worse. Yep. And so we always want to pay attention to that first because usually it's treatable. Right. Yeah. Like most of the time. Yeah. It's like, here, here's a couple medications. Take it for two weeks. Oh, wow. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's really bizarre how quickly the brain just falls off the cliff. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, like we are, we are just like one little uh-oh away from a cliff fall off in our brain at all times. This is why I think like, to me, it's just funny if mental health professionals see themselves as like, I think most of us do not see ourselves as above clients in any way. Yeah. Because you begin to realize how quickly your oh, marbles God. are oh, going to yeah. get lost. It's just yep. part of the deal yes. of being a human being. And so just, hey, you know, like, judge not lest ye be judge, and those in glass houses should not throw stones sort of a vibe. Right. And we are all in glass houses, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah our, our cognitive functioning, our brain is one large glass house. Definitely. <laughs> so... There are some other psychotic disorders that fall under the category of the DSM. So if you have a substance or medication-related psychotic disorder, you're taking too much or too little of something, it produces psychosis. Right. You can be labeled with psychotic disorder due to another medical condition. Right. You can have just other specified schizophrenia spectrum and other psychotic disorder, which is like, I don't know what this is, but I know it's one right. of these. It, it doesn't quite fully meet criteria, but it kind of does. So we're going to go with it. And then unspecified. Of right. That, which is the same sort same. of thing. Just, I don't even know why they have other and unspecified. I don't know why they differentiate that either, because they're basically the same thing. They're saying you kind of meet criteria, but you don't. You know, like two psychiatrists were just arguing <laughs> about this, and it was like a pointless debate, and somebody was like, I'm right, just going to put Right, fine. They're both them. in there. Like, whatever, Whatever. Guys. We can't, like... We're ending the debate. Don and Rick will not chill out. Yeah. This. <laughs> like, Damn it, Don and Rick. <laughs> Don and Rick will not let this go. <laughs> so let's just talk really quickly about how common these disorders are and touch on the treatment really quickly. Yeah, approximately, according to the DSM, approximately 0.2% of people can experience delusional disorders. And in the U.S., the brief psychotic disorders account for approximately 9% of cases where people experience their first onset of psychosis. Mm -hmm. Schizophrenia is about 1% of the U.S. population, so 2.8 million adults in the United States. And an estimated 40% of individuals with the condition are untreated in a year. Right. And like we said before, a lot of times the schizophrenia typically emerges 
within the the 20s to 30s, maybe mm-hmm. late teens. Yeah, sometimes. Um, but prior onset in adolescence is really rare. Yeah, that's unusual. About 5 to 6% of individuals with schizophrenia die by self-harm. And 20% attempt suicide on one or more occasions. So what we're saying is, this we need to treat this. Come on now, Right, folks. we need to focus Again, on this. Again, there's 40% go untreated. And yeah. if if people would be if people would be less judgmental about these diagnoses, people would probably feel more comfortable coming out and seeking help. Right. And we could save so many lives. Right. Absolutely. And while there is no cure for schizophrenia spectrum disorders, it's actually highly treatable. Yeah. And you really can live an okie dokie and very fulfilling life. Right. And that's what I was saying last time. I was like, why are we being so demonizing of these disorders? Right. I don't get why this one in particular. Maybe it's because it makes people uncomfortable i don't know yeah i'm not fully sure why either but it is it is really disheartening because it is it's so highly treatable yeah and the treatment success rate for schizophrenia is actually comparable to the treatment success rate for heart disease according to the national advisory mental health council right like so <laughs> let's let's do this let's normalize yeah. a little bit and i mean like like sunny and i said we've both experienced little tiny psychotic breaks when yeah, we were man. Ill. like <laughs> shit happens guys people experience some crazy shit like let's not demonize somebody for what they're experiencing absolutely so one of the one of the options for treatment is obviously medications so we've got antipsychotic medications they might help you to have psychotic symptoms less intense and less frequently they're usually taken every day in a pill or a liquid form you can also get a depot shot which is an injection once or twice a month right and everybody has a different like this is very much experimental yeah you have to see what works for you yeah like every other medicate like every other diagnosis medication is trial and error unfortunately right and if you're feeling zombified on something this is not a good fit no and you should be able to advocate and but the problem is like a lot of people are not well when they come in to get the medicines so it's hard to advocate and then sometimes a lot of like it can be true that the delusional beliefs line up with taking medicine like i believe somebody is trying to poison me yeah yeah and so like sometimes it's not medication isn't a good fit for people but it is an option. Right. It is an option that's often considered. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a considered option. And it's- obviously, psychotherapy treatments mm-hmm. are really helpful. People can help find solutions to just everyday challenges for symptom management, mm-hmm. uh, helping them, uh, you know, attend school or work or, you know, helping them within their relationships while having these symptoms. Mm-hmm. And they are often used with medications. But again, if you're going to participate in regular psychotherapy you're gonna be able to probably less likely need hospitalization if you can engage in these things and work with somebody to help you kind of manage your symptoms and how to express yourself and how to communicate your needs and what you're experiencing Mm -hmm. just like bigfoot guy or i had alien guy at one point in time it's like hey let's just i'm not even gonna we'll figure this out yeah let's just try to figure out a way that we can get you the most social activity possible the most meaningful life Right. And if you are, if meds is what you want to try, help you be consistent and reliable with right. the medications. Right, taking them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then the next category is just doing like a coordinate, coordinated specialty care. So like you were saying, the PRRT, mm-hmm. is that what you said? PRRC. PRRC. It might be called different things elsewhere. It's just wraparound care right. for serious mental illness. Yeah, so you're going to have probably your medications. You're probably going to have psychotherapy, some kind of case management. You might have some family involvement. Oh, that's very Supportive helpful. education. Again, employment services. These are all aimed to kind of help you improve your quality of life. Right. Full functioning all the way around. 
having some kind of daily structured routine through employment or volunteering employment compensated work therapy or volunteering is just like the bee's knees also i've seen really good results with things like equine therapy yeah honestly like Mm -hmm. really really good results with that or art therapy or music therapy it's like god damn it just makes me think like what we what we treat people with serious mental illness with we should just be doing for humans right i want this wraparound care like i need art therapy and i want to also pet a horse and i also would love job counseling right these would be things that would just be good if everybody could just have these things we would have a much higher functioning society if we would focus more on the well of each person and being supportive of each person instead of the grind yeah wow what a world if we if we <laughs> just i don't know did this in schools i don't know <laughs> just just throwing out whatever there some just, crazy ideas just whatever spitballing so but it is critical that people with schizophrenia stay in treatment after recovering from an acute episode at least for some period of time because right. you don't want to have that relapse real fast afterwards think right. everything's good to go and then just kind of abandon your skills right, right. away it's kind of like how people talk about with you know with your medications say you're having a depressive episode and then you're like oh i'm feeling good so then you stop taking your medications and part of the reason you were feeling good was because of your medications <laughs> like right. it's the same kind of things with all these services like keep it up for a little while until you feel comfortable and confident in your ability to maintain that level yeah and then you want to wean down yes yeah you don't ever ever just cold turkey shit yeah it's not a, it's not a smart idea to cold turkey things. no no <laughs> So about 80% of those who stop taking their meds after an acute episode will have a relapse in a year, whereas only 30% who continue it will experience a relapse in the same time period. So just for what that's worth, right, everybody. for evidence. So Sunny, what is going to be your outside of podcast experiment for this? Oh, oi, 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 oi. I don't really, I, this is not something that I treat frequently because I'm not part of a huge team i'm kind of like a, a lone wolf and so i suppose just keeping an awareness of it but i think i might just want to reread some of the like different cultural interpretations yeah. of schizophrenia because i always thought that stuff was cool and more look at it from like an anthropology lens of Ooh. you know I, I think in some cultures it's considered that these are spirits that are talking to you and they're actually friendly and they're ancestors. But I, I want to read up on that a little bit more, how cultures interpret this. Yeah. Because I it's been a while since I've looked into it. And I think some of those alternate cultural interpretations probably lead it to be... Less mm, demonized. Yeah, less yeah. stigmatized. Exactly. And probably treated better. Probably. Yeah. I love that. What about you? I do have a couple people that I work with that struggle with schizophrenia symptoms. Mm-hmm. And although I do feel like I'm giving them pretty decent psychotherapy treatment, just, you know, brush my shoulder off a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do want to just do a little bit of exploring to, to see if there's anything else I could be doing better. Like if I'm dropping the ball anywhere, you know, is there anything wraparound Like are there things that I could be referring them to? Is there anything yeah. – is there anything more I can do to help them with this? Because, I mean, again, I, I think – Overall, I'm providing decent treatment, but you're just gonna. Pull it's not, yeah, it's not necessarily like I said something that I treat a lot, so I don't feel like I can flex as well mm-hmm. in that area. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, no, I hear you. I love that. I love that. Well, let me know what you decide. Yeah. Do you got any jokes for me this week? I have a joke. Yes. Hit me. What do you call a nun who struggles with schizophrenia? I don't know. Psycho sis. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> there you go there yeah, yeah. You go. I love psychosis that. Yeah, psycho yeah. sis yeah, yeah sister yeah. sister sister yeah yes so i have one related to corn oh <laughs> perfect 
<laughs> Hand me some corn. It's it's kind of Big really lump of knobs. corn. Uh, <laughs> have you heard the rumor about butter? No. Well, I'm not going to spread it. <laughs> <laughs> i tried it with butter and everything changed <laughs> oh guys thank you so much for tuning into our podcast remember to rate review subscribe follow us yes and also remember that we do have a patreon if you're loving yeah. what we're putting down you want to hear one gross thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> my husband likes his corn with peanut butter what right what? yeah it looks like a turd like but they like it's something within his family that they've done where they put peanut butter on their corn on the cob. Girl, what? Yeah. Okay. I don't, I prefer it with, you know, butter and salt and pepper, but you know, I've tried it. It's not like terrible. It's kind of a sweet and salty thing, but yeah. Okay. Now I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not a bad taste. But I'm morbidly curious. Yeah. Right. I know. I can it's, do that. Like sweet corn could be good. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, weird. anyway. Sorry. <laughs> We do have a Patreon. <laughs> That's www.patreon.com forward slash shit your shrink thinks. Uh, for more corn related facts, subscribe. Oh yeah. <laughs> Shite. Welcome to Corn Facts. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all thank you so much for tuning in, and we will check you out next week. Talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.